0: Now, Michael Kazden, you knew, this is the sports detox, by the way, I'm Vice Alice. he's Michael Kazden. Michael Kazden, you knew the moment they decided to make the Oakland Raiders, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, the subject for hard knocks, there was going to be some fireworks. I don't think anyone could have ever imagined what the storyline would be, or if it would be close to what we got, but uh, before we get into it, which everyone's been talking about for the last week. I wanted to get your take, uh, but first we start off with another question. So, Michael Castan, yes, sir. First, how are you doing? How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for asking. Me. I'm good. Sure.
0: Enjoying the end of August.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm gonna take a little vacation soon. Works a little bit slower. The baseball's getting fun. Football's coming. Yeah, I'm in a good mood.
0: Nice. So, my question for you is: uh, a quick synopsis for anybody who doesn't follow football. Um, who has stayed off of the Twitter or the internet is uh, Antonio Brown uh, threatened to retire uh, if he couldn't wear his helmet after the NFL ruled that he had to change his helmet due to safety reasons. Uh, supposedly, Antonio Brown is scouring the internet, eBay, and all methods to find a, ha- a helmet that fits the NFL's criteria that is still his model. So my question to you is, yeah. what is your Uh, let's do it like the SAT, the helmet to Antonio Brown is like you to some, to what to blank.
1: Like something is to me. Like, what's the one thing, if you took it away from me, I would go this crazy or threaten.
0: one thing that someone said, I'm taking this away from you that you would threaten to either stop working Mm -hmm. or stop. Like you would, you would. No longer cease to be Michael Kasdan as we know him here in in 2019.
1: Wow, um, it's hard to think of any material thing or object. Um, I guess if pressed, the two things that uh, that I would fight as hard as Antonio Brown is fighting would probably be uh, maybe chocolate and maybe uh, you know sex. I don't know.
0: You? I mean those I think those two are are the main things that most people talk about when they talk <laughs> about the desirables that no no so I mean I guess that's those those are legitimate I mean, responses
1: important things
0: yeah I would say so I think for me, I was thinking the phone, but I'm like, no, it'd be kind of nice to not have a phone or I could get like oh. a little old school flip phone or a bla- or bring the BlackBerry back. So I don't know if the phone would be it. Um, chocolate's a really good answer, mm-hmm. I think. But I think if like I had to be like a vegetarian.
1: Yeah, that's tough.
0: Or vegan. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I, I love my my diet the way it is. And that'd be really difficult for me to do. If if the doctor said I had to, you know, change my diet and be uh, vegan, I might just go ahead and and take the diagnosis and see what happens. And there you
1: have it: veganism and sex. Excellent. Moving right along.
0: I just wanted a little moment to kind of let that sink in <laughs> that that's where we are. We are. Uh, for people who are wondering, the sports detox. Uh, we're, we're all about meat and sex. That's, that's about it. With us, with us, with some chocolate sprinkled in.
1: Um, well, we're trying to, but I guess, you know, the base things are the base things, I guess.
0: Let's let, we should put that out to Twitter. Michael, you have a bigger following than me, but I'll put it out too. Let's see what people could not live without someone, someone threatened to take it away. What we could not live without that. That's a fun one to play with. Uh, but Antonio Brown, let's talk about it. Yes, sir. Like, Antonio Brown has not come out looking good at all in this. And I tried to find a way to defend him, to figure out a way to, to make, make a defense of him going this route. And it was very difficult. I don't know what's the silver lining. I don't know if his PR team was able to find a silver lining. What is your take on Antonio Brown's uh, insistence? to wear the helmet that has made him the player, well, in his eyes, made him the player he is today?
1: I mean, uh, to me, the whole situation with this move out of Pittsburgh into Oakland has just been like peak crazy. And I think, you know, we're used to very, very talented wide receivers. And look, there's a very good case to be made that he is the most talented and best wide receiver in the NFL in the past five or six years. Um, there is a long tradition of those types of players being, you know divas and a little bit weird and very self-absorbed um but i think this kind of takes So it to Michael it.
0: before you before you continue yeah. what's what's more of a, a a more of a phenomenon what antonio brown's doing right now or Tara Lowen's doing sit-ups in his driveway when he's with philly
1: yeah i mean i don't know I, I, to me what brown's doing bothers me more because he's in a new team he's trying to set an example and 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 the way he's acting uh i don't know it just it's just i think it's far more immature i mean tio at least that was kind of fun, and it was fitness-related. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I had a big mouth. but uh,
0: It wasn't fun if you were an Eagles fan, let me tell you that right now.
1: Well, you know, I'm using the fun is all relative for when we're, when we're <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't think either any, no one would, you know, people, if they had their choice would prefer, you know, the Gary Rice, just go out there and catch lots of touchdowns and don't say anything. Or, or maybe there are some people that like this, this form of entertainment, but, but to me, he's not endearing himself to his teammates. He's got this weird thing where he has this bizarre foot injury, um, which, you know, he, he went in some cryogenic freezing chamber and, and, and he got frostburn on his feet cause he didn't take proper care of his feet. Um, you know, he went out of Pittsburgh in a weird way. He was doing all sorts of stuff on social media, uh, he's feuding with the quarterback, being very, very me, me, me. Uh, and now, this business with the helmet, where, where you know, the NFL has new rules on helmets that's intended for player safety. And, you know, you and I have looked at the safety issues in football. Uh, this is a very, you know, small and good step that they're taking. And, you know, a couple of players are grumbling, you know, and, you know, I saw Tom Brady say, oh, yeah, it's kind of a new helmet. Got to get used to it. But to say that he's not playing and have his agent file a grievance, which he lost, um, you know, to not play if has to wear this new helmet. It, the whole thing's kind of ridiculous.
0: It is ridiculous, and it makes me think uh, you you brought it up, and, and when you brought it up, I kind of tried to jog my manor- memory real quick and think of, like, the top five uh, receiver diva moments. Like, you got Antonio Brown, right? You mm-hmm. got Terrell Owens. Um, I think you could put uh, – now, would you put uh, Odell on the yacht uh with his group during their bye week that i know you're a giants fan that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way
1: yeah sadly i think i would you know and it's um, funny you know when you're a fan and i wonder how this was when you're i, mean, I know you're an eagles fan when you're a fan you know, like i was you know i was defending him for a long time and now that he's not of the giants i'm looking at i'm more objectively <laughs> and i'm like wow that guy's a jerk um well for you know, for that, you know,
0: for Beckham, I was like, man, it's their week off. There's people who go to Cabo on their week off during the bye week. There's people. I mean, who's who cares? Like, if you if you had a week off from work, no one's going to ridicule you if you decide you want to go on a boat for a week. Or so what's the what's the reason that these guys took one picture and they all of a sudden got all this backlash? That's my thing. Is like yeah, I always try and look it through the prism of of. uh if it was me, obviously these are elite athletes. As long as they're getting their work done, I don't have a problem with it. If they're they're getting their workouts in, they're doing all that stuff. But we can't expect them twenty four hours a day to just think and and eat and and sleep football. That's that's sure sure you know. Yeah. So. I got, I, I'm just thinking of things that, that come off the top of my head. So we have, uh, we have this situation with Antonio Brown, we have Tara Lowens, we have OBJ. Um, would you throw in like, uh, Michael Irvin or Randy Moss, like, uh, in that, a Ploxico shooting himself that, that belongs on that list.
1: Yeah. Shooting yourself. will get you on the list. Uh, you know, <laughs> Randy Moss stuff never really bothered me too much. Yeah. I, I, I dug him. Um, but uh, Andre yeah. Andre
0: Risen wasn't his fault, but his house burning down that was that that definitely got some news when yeah, Lisa left uh, Lopez.
1: Yeah, we can put her on the list. Maybe Left Eyes on the list.
0: Um, um I guess okay. Michael Irvin. I think I read somewhere where he cut like somebody's like throat in a barber chair, like not like cut him, like killed him, but like like sliced him up or something like that. I think I read something when they came out with that Cowboys book about the '90s Cowboys. Uh, wow. He did something like that when someone was sitting in his chair, uh, uh, allegedly. I, I, I don't have the facts in front of me, so I don't want to get in trouble yeah. <laughs> for saying saying such slanderous things as Michael Irvin almost killed a guy. But um, yeah, I, I remember reading or deny that reading reading something about that. But yes, the list is long and lengthy when it comes to. Uh, Wide receivers, and I guess that's just part of the position. You're out on your, out on the island, like you, like when it comes to running back, right? You, the line needs to block right. You need to find your holes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces that go into a running back being successful. For a wide receiver, you can be on a terrible team and still be successful if you can get open and get the ball. Like we've seen that over and over again. Yep. You look at uh, Beckham Jr. Uh, with Eli the last couple of years. You look at uh, DeAndre Hopkins before uh, before uh, Deshaun Watson yeah. came to town. A wide receiver can still be lethal on a terrible team. I mean, you could say Barry Sanders as well, but I mean, it takes a special person. With receivers, if you're really good, you can get open and you can demand the ball. Or as Keyshawn yeah, would true. say, give me the damn ball. Um, so yeah, yeah exactly. for Antonio Brown... Antonio Brown, I, I, I found it a wild situation. I don't know if that was for the Hard Knocks crew or if it was something he's really passionate about. But um, I think if there's one place that, that that'll boil, not boil over and kind of be washed away is Oakland. Uh, Gruden strikes me as a guy as, as all he cares about is winning. And he'll, he's, a, he's a player's coach, it seems like that. So he'll let things slide if it, if it means W's uh, in the season.
1: What do you think? Yeah, and I am actually very curious to see. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. And I, I'm actually very curious. I know they've got the, the TV cameras on and Hard Knocks, and wow, do they have a lot of crazy stories for their TV show. Um, but I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens with the Raiders. I know I, I know some fans, and they were upset with the draft. But, you know, they've got some interesting pieces, and I'm kind of curious to see if Gruden's going to succeed or fall on his face. And, uh, you know, at least it should make good television.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely do that. I, wa- I, I didn't get through the second – episode that aired last night i watched the first one it was all right it wasn't anything great um i'm gonna save my sports goodness for the end uh because it was also football related that i shared with you i don't know if you remember it but we'll talk about it uh at the end of the show but uh yeah football's off and running next week we'll start we'll we'll do a full fantasy football show uh we'll maybe even do like a mock draft like for the first four rounds or something like that maybe call in some friends and do a do some do have something fun with that um so football is off and running uh baseball um what can we say uh camden yards is now basically yankee stadium south i think we can all agree on that um yankees and dodgers i think are mathematically tied for the best record in baseball as we head into the final month uh things as you said things are getting lively uh anything to add as we move on before we get into some other stuff with the with the baseball
1: I mean, just from you know, from a Yankee perspective, it's pretty interesting because you know last year they had a very good team, obviously a good run, um, and it was funny because they just the most frustrating part of last season was they kept on lo- like having these letdown games where they would lose to the Orioles, and their record against the Orioles was not good. Uh, and this year they've won you know 16 in a row. They're 17 and two against the Orioles, uh, and their record against other AL East teams is you know not much worse. So uh it's been a pretty dominant run should be uh interesting to see if the pitching is good enough for the postseason uh but you know yankees astros dodgers those are three very 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 good teams and it should be interesting it's gonna be a really interesting postseason
0: aaron boone public enemy number one in the kazan household probably al mvp
1: love that guy love that <laughs> i'm just saying you'll never when he went off against that umpire and he's they're not, everyone in New York is wearing savages at the plate t-shirts now, and he's a big hero. You'll
0: never hear Kazan say another bad word about Aaron Boone until he blows it never. in the postseason.
1: He's a savage. I love the guy. <laughs>
0: All right. So, um, <laughs> some other things that happen in sports, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. That's, that's our short synopsis on baseball. We'll move on. Something kind of interesting happened that you and I both are kind of into and follow is how the intersection of, of sports and social justice or sports and, and politics. And we saw that happen um, uh, over the weekend. At, was it the Pan Am games, Michael?
1: Yes. Tell, yeah, tell it was us The Pan tell Am us, Games. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Uh, that was the. Yeah. So at at the Pan Am Games, um, uh, first of all, there, I think was that also where the amazing gymnastics was happening. I think maybe it was. I saw some some videos of that. But uh, but the social justice angle. Um, there's a uh, U.S. fencer, 26 year old young man from uh, from Brooklyn, New York, named uh, Race Imboden, uh, and uh, and he took a knee on the podium after uh, after winning a, a gold medal at the Pan Am Games. Uh, and then took to Twitter to uh, to explain why, um, and it had to do with where we are now politically, and sort of the spreading of hate, and uh, you know gun control, and you know a lot of the, the other, a lot of the social justice type causes that uh, others before him have have taken up, like Colin Kaepernick uh, and like Megan Rapinoe, um, and you know Kaepernick's been out there now years. Uh, I think Megan Rapinoe uh, became one of the first. White athletes, maybe the first one, um, and the, certainly the first woman to kneel, uh, and uh, and Rose Race Bowden, uh I thought really uh, it, it, was, it was pretty striking to see, and uh, he was very eloquent about explaining why he was doing it. I think that uh, although for all these things they take a lot of criticism from people who call themselves patriots, to me that's the most patriotic thing to do. Um, Is to look at where there are things wrong and use your platform to speak out uh, against it, and to use your privilege and your platform to say, "No, this isn't right, and this has to change." To me, that's what being an American is all about.
0: So, you wrote something about it in the Good Men Project. What what did he say? Uh, uh, You know, you said he spoke very eloquently about about what what he was trying the message he was trying to get across. What what did you get out of it? What did what did he say, uh, and what was the overall message you think that he was trying to display by taking a knee?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was very clear about it. Uh, he said that he's he was honored to represent Team USA. Uh, he took the gold. His teammate took the bronze. Uh, but he said that his pride was cut short by multiple shortcomings of the country that he represents and holds dear to his heart. And he talked about racism, gun control, uh, mistreatment of immigrants, and a president who spreads hate. He said those are the top of what he called a long list. Uh, and he said on Twitter... Uh, that he chose to sacrifice his moment today at the top of the podium to call attention to those issues, and he encouraged others to use their platforms for empowerment and change. That's a that's that's not exactly a quote but it's pretty it's it's pretty close paraphrase of what he said on Twitter. And uh and I think I think that's a fantastic message and exactly on point.
0: Now, I'm sure you've been following this a little bit closer than I did. Did he get any backlash cuz I know I know other people in the past who have knelt uh specifically people of color or women uh have gotten uh gotten some backlash. This might be the first time a white male uh straight I'm assuming has um has knelt, yeah. so I'm just wondering: Did you did you witness? I I didn't I didn't really look into it. Did you witness any backlash?
1: Uh, yeah, I know that's a very very interesting point, and I think there's and and I I look I've blocked I've a lot of people on Twitter in the past two years, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask. Um, but I I had I did not see the type of very public backlash uh, either online or, or, you know, I didn't see the president come after him and attack him, uh, as he did, uh, other, other athletes. Uh, and perhaps it's cause maybe fencing is not quite as prominent as, you know, the U S national women's soccer team or, or the NFL. But, but I think the point you make is that, you know, maybe it's just his privilege. And that's why I think it's so important, uh, for allies, uh, you know, people to use their privilege to speak out. Cause, uh, it's it's easier for them to do that, uh, and, and they can do it under the cover of their privilege. So it's a really good point, and uh, but I really haven't seen a lot of backlash. I haven't.
0: I know I've said this before on the podcast before, but it always brings back to when Michael Bennett said, "You know, we can kneel all we want, but until Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady kneels, no one's going to pay any attention to really. Or we're going to see significant change. You need you know you need uh, the power of white males to to get on board and be allies for there to be change." And so hopefully this is something that we'll see going forward. We'll see also see if USOC makes any decisions on on the Olympics coming up next year, if they outlaw the same way US soccer uh, outlawed it, the same way NBA has always had uh, a stance on that and the way the NFL has kind of changed things up. So we'll see what kind of preemptive they put. Yeah, it should be interesting. And, you
1: know, the one thing what you just said reminded me, I do believe that he he could have been disciplined for it. I think it was – uh, uh, it could have been, and I think I heard that he wasn't. Um, so that's that's interesting, and I, I agree. I think hopefully this will lead to to more of the same.
0: Well, awesome. Well, we'll continue to monitor that, um, as we get into the fall and, and Olympic fever starts to heat up because I believe right in right in, right around the turn of the new year is when they'll start uh getting ready and we'll start seeing all those NB or NBC uh, you know, features as we get to the trials and whatnot, and and it. Where is the Olympics this year? Do you know?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't. I've been so fixated on uh, on Tokyo twenty twenty, uh, Tokyo twenty twenty summers. Um, that's that's the next summer.
0: Oh, so it's in Tokyo. That's what I was asking. It is in Tokyo.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, uh, in fact, I was I'm going to Japan next month, and I'm trying to figure out how I can get back there for twenty twenty. Yes.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Would you be taking everybody, or would you just be going on your own? How would you do that?
1: I haven't figured that out yet, but you know, I lived in Japan ten years ago, and uh, I know some couches that I might be able to stay on. I think it would just be a solo, <laughs> trip, uh, where I could, you know, hopefully just just stay there and maybe get into some events. I've never been to an Olympics. I think it would be uh, really interesting and very cool.
0: Well, if it's not, uh, the Olympics in 2020 that you make it to, maybe it's 2024 in France or 2028 in LA. Ooh, be good um, I'm not, good I, hopefully I'm I hope, uh, Well, there's other things that are good in France. You might, you might have your, your whole, your whole desired list right there in, in France. Let me tell you that right now. Um, I'm hoping I'm not here for LA 2028 because that, I mean, it, traffic's bad now. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like mm-hmm. uh, during the Olympics. Um, but that's for another time in space talking infrastructure uh, <laughs> and municipalities. In
1: um, week. Infrastructure next week.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. In with the fantasy football, we'll talk infrastructure and, 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 you know, we'll talk mass transit in New York and the subway system, which is always a fun
1: conversation fantastic fantastic
0: perfect um i guess i don't have anything else you got anything else to add before we get into the sports goodness
1: no let's go right there a, uh, all, all right a well,
0: you might have some sports goodness but my sports goodness happened last week uh and it was a preseason game number one and i didn't even i didn't watch any preseason did you watch any preseason games
1: no, tiny bit of the Giants game just to see uh, Daniel Jones, but but not not really.
0: Are you a Daniel Jones believer?
1: I am a believer.
0: Oh boy! Oh boy!
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I, I why said are you, why so you, I you, are you doing hard. this don't, to yourself?
0: Why are you doing this to yourself, man? <laughs> don't, Mike. We're gonna have to have a discussion about this, and and know that just because a a a quarterback is beating up second and third teamers doesn't mean he's going to be able to take on the top the best and the brightest. I'm just letting you know. There's a nah, reason like the Lions
1: the I reason the, the Lions weird. are
0: like <laughs> there's a reason why the Lions are have like the best record in the preseason uh in the history of the NFL. But I've never <laughs> been to a Super Bowl. There's there's a reason for that. But on to better things, I was watching just some highlights and came across this yeah. story about Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Have you seen this story?
1: I have not. Tell me the story.
0: So Damon Sheehy Giuseppe is a punt returner for the Cleveland Browns. He is a rookie. Um, never played Division One football. It, the best fo- the closest he's come to playing any type of meaningful football is playing community college football where he was a kick returner and he was out of football. He was basically doing nothing. Obviously, why would he get a chance being that he never played any meaningful put- football, but he found out through the grapevine that there was a workout in Miami. He went there, found out that the Browns were going to be there, Googled who the, the person who the Browns were going to, was going to be there. Then used his name to get into the tryout, uh, lied and said his name was supposed to be on the list for the tryout. Ran a four three eight forty and got an a official invite to the Browns. He was sleeping in twenty four hour fitness in the locker rooms because it's open twenty four hours, and he was eating by just walking up to to barbecues in Miami during that time. Got an invite. made, made the, the, the initial roster in terms of coming to the tryout first game, first return, returned it back for a touchdown. Wow. 86 yards, touchdown, the entire Browns bench rushed the field, toppled on, on him. It was one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen. His story is amazing. You just Google his name, uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, you'll read all about him and what he went through, the lengths to get even just just a look, and it's incredible how far he's come. And so Damon Sheehy Giuseppe gets my sports goodness. Check it out. It's what makes sports good, the perseverance, the hard work. And even if he doesn't make the team, he'll always have that moment. And, And to be honest, know that he gave it his best shot.
1: I love that story. Perseverance, hard work, lying to get the interview and then executing on it. It's awesome. Uh, that is a great story, and that's a, and I'm, I love his name, and it's amazing the Browns. I mean, my God, how many stories can I have? They should move Hard Knocks back over to them between Baker Mayfield no and, and and now that now uh, and now this story wow That's I, w- cool. I
0: will say I will say this uh, the announcer got a little bit of a head himself after they scored in the and the entire b- Browns bench started to topple on to him you can hear the Browns announcer going this is how we'll celebrate the AFC championship and I was like wait a second
1: <laughs> let's, oh boy, oh
0: boy. <laughs> let's, let's scale it back just a little bit all right. Let's, that's that's going a little too far, but um, yeah, this is, this is, this is what life isn't like Cleveland. Uh, LeBron winning that 2016 title was probably the worst thing that could have happened because now there's like a, there's like a light at the end of the hope tunnel. Like they can actually hope with the idea that it'll actually turn into something. So it's all bad. So all the best to the Browns, but, but I don't think you're going to be winning the AFC title despite all the talent you got.
1: Hey, yeah, I like funny. I like that attitude. I like that attitude better than the uh what was that video that was famous? What do they call it? Like the the, the 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 cavern of sadness. Oh my something? gosh, that was something uh, you
0: sent me. Yeah.
1: So they've come uh, a long way from that. Is, yeah, I mean it's better. You can't can't complain. Well, I have I have if we have a few minutes, I have my own yeah. uh separate uh independent bit of sports goodness. Um I uh I was back in, uh, in the town where I went to college back in Philadelphia last week uh, for a conference, and uh, I got the opportunity to meet uh, with the folks who run a terrific organization down there uh, called Philly Youth Basketball. Um, they're on Twitter at@, at uh, Philly Youth BB. Um, and they are doing just awesome work uh, with Philadelphia uh, you know youth focusing on like the middle school. Uh, both boys and girls, um, they're about four and a half years old, um, and I love what they're doing. They're they're connected to all of the college coaches in the area. They've got good buy-in. They've got some some former NBA guys on their board, like John Salmons, um, who's was also a Philly guy. And you know, there's, there's a good strong uh, basketball tradition in Philadelphia. You know, the Big Five. And uh, but what they're doing is is recognizing that kids are spending you know, a lot more time with their basketball coach than, you know, with any particular teacher. Uh, and they're, uh, they're, they're, working through basketball uh, to help kids, you know, do leadership development, education, youth empowerment. And one of the really cool things they're doing is they're, they're using players' tribune articles. Um, you know, the really good ones. And, and, you know, you know, the really good ones, there's just some that are so authentic and, and talk to so many issues like, you know, mental health or teen pregnancy or bullying. Um, there's so many really genuine, uh, you know, um you know articles that are written by by athletes that that these kids look up to and they're using those articles and they've developed like a, a teaching curriculum you know read this article a couple discussion questions and it's a really way a great way in um you know t- to actually teach kids um so uh, I, I really love what they're doing i just wanted to give them uh, a shout out today um because because to me that that's really exciting the combination of of basketball and education and, and sports writing uh, all being used in that really creative way.
0: Well, we're a big proponent of, of using sports in, in a positive way. That's why we do this. Sports Detox is about kind of detoxifying yourself from the, the the gritty and the nastiness that's in sports and kind of finding the value in it. And there's no better way to look at that than, than impacting our youth through sports. So yes, at Philly Youth BB, Philly Youth Basketball, what it sounds like an amazing organization. Thanks for bringing it to the forefront and uh, one of these days we're going to have to get some guests and maybe maybe we'll get some somebody from there um, or somebody or, or some of these other organizations that you've been putting out there so great work by you um, next week as we said Michael it's fantasy football drafts are abound I know yours is coming up I've got a couple uh, we'll do a full 30 minutes on fantasy football talk about sleepers bus our top picks maybe do a little mock drafting it'll uh, all be here next week on the sports detox for Mike Kasdan <laughs> I'm Frida Dallas. And this is the Sports Detox. Back in the days on the Boulevard I lended. We used to kick routines and the presence was fitting. It was I the abstract. And me the five footer, I kicks the mat style, so step off the Frankfurter footer. Yo, five, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean. Um, um.